Welcome to This Is Our Earth podcast. I am Sylvia Puentes, and I invite you to these amazing conversations that explore the wonder and magic of connecting with our beautiful planet. Inspired by El Lugar, the place originally a book by Gary Douglas, and now being actualized on our earth as we speak. What can we each be that would create a sustainable living earth? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast with This Is Our Earth. And I have a very, very special guest that uh, it's just such a gift to invite people that are actually looking at creating something much greater in the world for everyone. And given that this podcast is This Is Our Earth, Dr. Dane here is one of the many people that I know within Access Consciousness, but the leader and catalyst to inviting us all to actually create a different future and reality. So welcome, Dane, and thank you so much for joining us. It's such a special <laughs> uh, morning for me to have you. Thank you, Sylvia, my darling. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and uh, especially on this, this is our earth. This is such a vital conversation to have, you know, a, and a vital place for us to look and put our energy and attention because where else other than your home? You know, this is this is our earth, but this is our home. You know, and as far as I can tell, because I love astro astronomy, I was gonna say astrophotography, but that doesn't give you much other than pictures um, and an immense appreciation for the universe. But it's like, as far as I can tell, good planets like this are pretty hard to find, you know? And, and we have the capacity to be something different with the earth that most people are, it's, it, they're so busy focused on what they consider their life on top of the planet that they don't realize that the way that they be with the planet is integral to that life and living. And I also want to say so many of us look around and, and one of the common elements in young people right now, you know, the teenage suicide rate has been skyrocketing for the last several years. And why? Well, because what they learn in school and what they learn from the world around us is that, that we don't have a future, that we're destroying our home. And so we're not going to have a home to live on. So why would you want to be here? And, and yet what this conversation is about from my point of view and this whole podcast, this whole idea is we can change this. We just need to be shown a few ways of how and actually change a few things and we can change this. Exactly. And that's been part of what inspired me with this podcast. It's like looking at people and all, all around the globe and what they're actually choosing. And they're even in their day to day and in their life, that's actually contributing to having a sustainable planet you know, many years from now. And so those things that we discount that we're choosing that are actually contributing to something greater. And, you know, many people, leaders and catalysts like you that are actually looking at how do I reach more people to have a sense of what, you know, they're not wrong and what can they choose and be different in the world? Yes. And, you know, it's encouraging to me to see how many people are having conversations that actually involve, involve our role, you know, in this world as people. And also that people are, for so long, you know, the paradigm was our leaders will lead us to a different possibility. Uh-uh, that's not the way it works. We have to choose the different possibility. And if anything, 
with any luck, the leaders will eventually get behind it because they have to. And even if they don't, it doesn't matter. You know, and, and like you said, even in our daily lives, and I would say, especially in our daily lives, you know, we spend a lot more time in our daily lives than we do doing anything else. You know, it's like whether it's in a class or, you know, we spend, we spend a lot more time living our life than we do <clears throat> anything else. And if we can start to, to recognize that, because a lot of us are like, well, okay, yes, I have an awareness that there is, there's a problem, Houston, you know, Houston, we have a problem. And it's funny because I live in Houston. So I, I, I like to say that because I'm not from Houston, but I live in Houston. So I like to say that because, you know, anyway, um, but if we recognize that a lot of people then go to, well, okay, but it's such a big problem. How do I, but what I've seen in working with hundreds of thousands of people around the world and looking at pretty much every issue and every problem imaginable that from what looks like the greatest problem often comes the greatest possibility. And so what if what we're seeing is the problems are the things that have been there for years that nobody was ever looking at that are finally coming to the surface to, for us to have some different choices available. And, and if we look at that, it's kind of like an alcoholic, you know, the first step in, in getting over it is recognizing I'm an alcoholic, you know? And so we're consumed destroyaholics. Okay. And here's the very many ways in which this is occurring. And now, now what, now what do we do? Well, so the first thing I'd like to let people know is, is, it's your energy, which a lot of people, you know, go energy, that's woo-woo. It's like, uh-uh. It's like, have you ever given somebody a hug and melted into their world? And well, that's an energy. And have you ever given somebody a hug where, where it felt like they were a rock on legs and you just wanted to run away? That's a different energy. We all function from energy, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. It's just, if we acknowledge it, we can then use it. And so the first thing to do is to acknowledge the earth and just say every morning, just go, hi earth, what do you desire today? And what can I contribute? And every time I ask that, cause I ask that pretty much every morning, what do you desire today? And actually, what do you desire? Uh, there's two things, what do you desire today? And then what do you desire as the future? Because the earth is like this, there's a reason we call her mother earth. And she's not like most of our mothers. She actually loves us. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you have a mother no judgment. who loves to judge you, I think it's wonderful. Good for you. Okay. But, but the level of caring and the level of allowance that the earth has for us is truly infinite. In other words, she could shrug and kill us all tomorrow if she wanted to. She could just go, okay, I'm reversing the poles. Bye-bye. You know? But no matter what we do on, on, on the surface of this beautiful creature, she's like, okay, my children, I'm here and I will contribute to you continuously. So when I ask earth, what do you desire today? And then, which is a sort of a, a more concrete energy and then earth, what do you desire as the future? What that does is that, that sort of puts you in the flow of the awareness of where the earth desires to go. And Earth's desire is not self-serving. You know, Earth's desire is for all. And, and then if you ask Earth, what can I contribute to you? 
what I notice every time I ask is there's an energy that comes to me as a contribution, which I sort of sense is the earth going receive from me because there's 8 billion people on the surface, about six of them are receiving from the earth and everybody else is trying to prove that they're fighting for the earth and all that. And, and fighting against limitation does not create possibilities. Choosing for possibilities creates possibilities. And so it's, it, in a sense, it's a subtle shift as the beginning of how we start changing this, the way things are showing up on the planet right now and from that subtle shift and that subtle awareness of it actually being the awareness that the earth has a consciousness and so do we. And when we are together on that, we make different choices because anytime you're, you're connected to someone or something, you can't choose against them without a huge amount of energy on your part to go against nature itself, basically. And so that beginning, that beginning of having a sense of, communion with earth and connection with the earth, the beginning of actually communicating with the earth energetically, which is why I say energy is our first language. You know, Every, the only reason we can translate words is because, is because Apple has the same energy, no matter what language you put it into. And for example, in translating Apple, maybe I didn't make that clear. Okay. But, but that to begin to allow ourselves to receive the energetic contribution that the earth is and begin to allow us to have a connection and a communion with it is the beginning which then um, in a sense uh, sets the stage for all of the other choices that are possible. And that part also of you know the receiving of the earth when you talked about like that question of what can I contribute to you um, and for a greater future, but the part of that actually being willing to receive, I mean, receiving is such a big thing. I mean, as a mother, you know, as, you know, even a um, kindergarten teacher, it's been many years, but it was always this energy of what can I give? What can I give and what can I do? And the willingness to, you know, receive from a child or receive, you know, anything. And now this invitation to receive from the earth, it's like, what is that? Like, what do you mean? You know? Yeah. Well, have you ever, have you ever um, had somebody that you cared about? And this happens a lot of times when you're a little kid. I've noticed with parents and that. And you, you think about what is the gift that I can give them that will just light up their world and make them so happy and let them know how much I care about them. And you may have saved up a lot of money or did a lot of research or whatever. You put your heart and soul into this gift, whatever it is, right? And you give it to them and they're like, oh, thanks. Like, oh, and it's it's a rejection of the gifting that you're being because that gifting is not the gift itself. The gifting is what you're being that created you gifting that gift. You know, that's really the gift is this energy of, I care about you so much and here's an outward representation of it. But when that is not received, when that is rebuffed and rejected, what happens? You feel shut down. You feel invalidated as a being, you feel invalidated for your caring and you just want to take your marbles and run away and never talk to that ungrateful asshole ever again, right? Yes. Well, imagine what it's like to have 8 billion people on the surface of our planet not receiving that this planet is a gift and is gifting all the time. What kind of an invalidation of the planet's being is that? And from, you know, just that, if we just change that 
if we just went earth from now on, I'm going to receive from you. I know it's weird. I know it doesn't make logical sense. Thank goodness, because all magic defies logic. But to a certain extent, we haven't been willing to have a reality that involves the kingdom of we, which is because you can either have the kingdom of me, which is where most people function, or you can have the kingdom of we, which is where everyone and everything is included. No one and nothing is judged, but you realize that every choice you make affects all of us. You know, I like to try to give people the perspective of you were not either the drop or the ocean. You were simultaneously the drop and simultaneously the ocean. What if we could have the awareness of that? Because what each drop in the ocean chooses affects the entire ocean. You know, and if you want a scientific explanation, one of my favorites is in, um, is in describing string theory in Jurassic Park. Jeff Goldblum says, you want me to explain string theory? It's basically this. A butterfly flapping its wings in Los Angeles changes the weather in Tokyo. That. Wow. And, and to that, see, butterfly, tiny, flapping wings, no big deal changes the weather in a huge city. Um, when we look at that, <clears throat> what that gives me is, is because what I see with so many people is they believe that they're too small to make a difference. Oh, what does my choice make a difference? What is my choice to be more in communion with earth or, or eat in a way that's more in communion with the way my body would actually like to eat and listen to my body and listen to the earth. What, well, what choice does that make? Well, that is basically string theory in motion. That's your little butterfly. You're flapping your wings. You could change the space of the future with the choices that you're making. And to a certain extent, people don't want to be responsible for that level of contribution, really. I was going to say that level of power, and, and that's part of it, too. But they don't want to be responsible, period, for, for any level of contribution to others, which is basically creating an, an energy that is, is killing our possibilities. You know, and, and, but here's the thing is, the reason it does what it does is, See, lies always diminish whatever is available. What is true always lightens and creates more in what is available. And on a real simple level, what's true for you always makes you lighter. A lie for you always makes you heavier. And so to a certain extent, that idea that you don't have the capacity to create a change by your choices of how you be with the earth, how you live your life, the way you be in the world is a lie. And so we have a bunch of people who are going around thinking they're too small to create change rather than realizing that it's the small choices they make added or multiplied by 8 billion that are creating the planet we have right now and the choices, the small choices that we make that could be the creation of a different future if we would choose it. But also we need to be willing to have the sense of having a future. And we just did, um, there's, I'm sure you've probably mentioned it by now, but we have this Facebook group called Earth Wizards. And we started it because 
we wanted to be wizards for the earth. We wanted to, I wanted, I started it. I say we, because for me, everything is part of the kingdom of we. Um, and it was my idea. Okay. And I'm saying that because I don't usually say that, but I'm saying that also because I, I want to give you a sense of how this kingdom of we thing works. Okay. So it was my idea. I have a creative team that we get together, have create meetings, and I presented it on one of those and everybody got excited. So I knew it was probably a good idea and it's free. It's freely available to join. We have something like 25,000 people doing it right now. And then my creative team, I'd love to call them mine because they're so wonderful. I would love to just snuggle in and kiss all their cheeks all the time because they're so amazing. But so this creative team went in and started making it happen, creating the graphics, creating the signup systems, creating all the stuff, creating the criteria, getting the, getting the, um, the plan for the stuff we were going to offer people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a few weeks later, it was born. But that's the kingdom of we. And I didn't go, oh, this is my idea. So you all got to give me credit. It's like, I don't care whose idea it is. If it moves the world forward, let the idea go out into the world. So that, that's my segue into the kingdom of, of we, how uh, just one tiny element of how creation could be if we didn't have to be the source because while simultaneously acting like we're too small to create anything, for anything we do create, we want to be the source for and we want to be acknowledged for. This was my idea. See how cool I am. Well, why do we do that? Because we think we're so not cool that we want to prove that we're cool with any little thing that we do that seems cool because we've been made wrong our entire lives and we feel wrong because we feel the wrongness of everybody else and we think it's ours. So as a way of overcoming that, we want to get credit for any tiny little thing we do that may have been right because then maybe we're not so wrong. <gasps> Welcome to most people's heads walking around on the planet right now. So as I was saying with the earth wizards, the, the, I forgot what I was saying because my ADHD kicked in. I was saying something before that and I was really, it was really going to be so good. So Sorry, my brain took it away. But one of the things that we just did is, is a global wizardry for the earth, a 24 hours of clearings, primarily about opening up the awareness of future. Because whether we know it or not, we haven't wanted to look at the future. And, and one of the things that I found, I also did a, a Facebook Live uh, like three years ago on Earth Day. And I was in Tokyo, Japan. And um, that's probably the only Tokyo. I don't know. There may be another Tokyo, but I was in Tokyo, Japan. I was in that Tokyo. Okay. And, um, and I'll never forget it because one of the things, what I do when I get on a live or anything with a bunch of people, I just, I'm, I'm there and I speak to whatever shows up to be spoken to. I pull it out of their heads basically. And what came up was, and I'd like to do this with all of you right now, everybody listening. And by the way, thank you all for listening. And I apologize for my ADHD but I kind of consider it a superpower. I used to try to get rid of it. And now I'm just like, wow, my brain works in mysterious ways. I'm just going to let it fly free, fly, Caroline, fly. So, um, so I'd like to um, just, what would it be like? Just get the sense of the way it would be if we had a sustainable living earth for the next hundred years. Okay. And let's look at sustainable for a moment. One of my favorite documentaries, A Life on Our Planet by David Attenborough. He actually said something about sustainable. And I was like, oh my God, that is so simple and so true. And I don't think I really ever got it that simply before. And sustainable means that we can do it indefinitely. 
meaning the way that we're living, like the way that we fish, the way that we provide food, the way that we eat, the way that we do waste, the way that we create can go on indefinitely. So imagine a sustainable living earth for the next hundred years with ease. Cool. Now perceive the possibility of that extending out to 500 years. And what would that be like? And now a thousand years and 5,000 and 10,000 and now indefinitely. And now the question, now just, well, let me say the question, the question you want to ask is what can I be and what can I choose and what would I have to be and choose in order to actualize that? Actualization means how it shows up. And when you ask that, you get some awareness, but don't try to define the awareness. And now go live your life and look for those things that make you lighter and make you happier. Or even, even cooler is that you'll choose things that don't make you lighter and happier and you'll get more awareness so you won't do that again. You know, we keep trying to avoid heavy, we keep trying to avoid wrong rather than I'll choose what seems like the greatest gift or the greatest choice at the moment. And if it doesn't work out well, at the very least, I'm going to get more awareness. Yeah. And my point of view is all's well that ends in more awareness. Yeah. And so, so with that, there's some energy, there's some awareness that will come into your world. But I, what I realized on that Facebook Live that I was so grateful for, one of the things was that just bringing that concept and awareness of the possibility of having a future into people's worlds means that we can begin to actualize it just that one thing because it hasn't been in so many people's worlds and i know that's part of why you started this podcast and also thank you for doing this podcast because this is one of those contributions based on you asking that question and being that question and if and so you'll make choices just from doing what we just did you'll make choices that may not be what you thought your choices were going to be or supposed to be. And you're like, why am I doing this podcast? Well, uh, let's see. A year ago, I asked a question. and But that's the way it works. Once you ask a question, that thing is moving through your world to create more possibilities from the moment you ask. It just takes a while for the universe to rearrange itself so that your unique contribution can be gifted to the world. And you know what? So if I could just say there, Dane, it's yeah. like I was looking as in the questions like, oh, I'd like to create a podcast. But I was thinking me like my private whatever. Right. And, and it just wasn't, you know, I just kind of left it. And then this one showed up and I got so enthusiastic, like, yes, like because it is a conversation like like I get we're in a moment on the planet where we can have these quote unquote, weird conversations, you know, speaking about energy contribution and the big part about receiving that doesn't make sense. I'm like, it's time, like willing to be the weirdos that are willing to actually have these conversations. You know, I had Monica on here speaking about, you know, speaking and listening and receiving from plants. You know, I, oh. I've had other magical people where it's these conversations of choices that we're making that it's like, yes, we, 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 if not us, who, um, so thank you for acknowledging that. And I am super honored and thrilled to be 
um, leading as a host this podcast for now and who knows what else, but the willingness to initiate it, let it go, let it evolve, which is part of the gift of this wizard program that you created. Like you started that conversation, that seed and your team took it away and everybody else that's contributing, you're allowing all of us to contribute to it. So for me, it's like what other people on the planet have those ideas, those, yeah. those that can be inspired by listening to you and this podcast that would go, well, wh who can I share this with? Or what can I start with today that then it can explode to, to reach all around the globe, a possibility that maybe no one else ever conceived possible. So I'm grateful for that. And as you can tell, there's this energy that shows up in my world <laughs> that I've judged as wrong, you know, that enthusiasm being lit up, but actually that now it's like, how can I use that? What can I contribute to the planet and to people around the globe to know it's okay. And we, it is okay to even be enthusiastic during these times, which is uh, the yeah, especially <laughs> during these times. People need to see people who are not suffering, who are not dying, because if that's the only narrative you see is about the suffering and the fear and all that, which let's face it, is being perpetrated dynamically. But this whole time right now is about control. It's not about what people say it's about. But here's the beauty of it. You can be enthusiastic and happy and not have to buy it. Even when people say, well, you obviously don't get how serious this is. And you're like, you obviously don't get that I'm so happy that it can be as serious as it needs to be for it. Thank you. Right. You know, <laughs> but that's the thing is being willing, like you said, to buck the friggin' system and be what you know, because what's true for you makes you lighter. Yeah. But there's and a lie for you always makes you heavier. And you have this enthusiasm that everybody who's not a judgmental asshole loves. And it's only the judgmental assholes that want to control people that don't love your enthusiasm. And you know what? They've had their day. Okay. They've had their time. They have had their time in the spotlight. Enough of us giving power to judgmental assholes and people who want to create separation and limitation. My new point of view, and nobody can see it because it's a podcast, but fuck them, okay? Both middle fingers are in the air. If judgment is more valuable to you than communion, cooperation, contribution, joy, no problem. But you don't get to run my life anymore or any of my choices or any moment of my life anymore. And yeah. it reminds me of the, there after the... There was this beautiful French guy who wrote this thing after the terrorist attacks in France. And he wrote a letter to the terrorists and basically said, you will not get my anger. You will not get my judgment. You have taken away my wife and the, and the mother of our child, who was the love of my life. But you will not get my anger, nor will you get my sons. And we are going to the park today to play as we do every day. Because you will not get the gift of us changing ourselves to be what you want us to be and hate you. So, sorry, you didn't succeed. And you know what? That perspective is a, a perspective that changes the world. And we're so used to getting in step with the right and appropriate response to something. Even when that right and appropriate response makes us heavy and unhappy we're so used to being that and doing that because we don't want to rock the boat. You know what, kids? It's time to rock the boat for possibilities. 
it's time to rock the boat by going, hey, you know what? I realize that everybody else thinks they need to suffer and they think I should suffer too. But suffering was so 2019, you know? If Corona taught us anything, it's you can have your own reality because you're not going to see anybody else anyway, you know? And so different perspectives that we can have can change our entire perspective on reality and what choices are available to us. And so, you know, in that moment, I got a little intense there, but, and I do that often because I like, um, I, I'm kind of an intense, I'm like an intense, um, six-year-old. Um, yeah. Cause I like to be really happy, but I like to do really intense things like drive really fast, ride horses really fast, ride bikes really fast. Right. You know, I Speak love really fast. What's that? <laughs> Speak really fast. Speak really fast. Yeah. <laughs> and for so long, just like you, it was so interesting when you, when you said that about making your enthusiasm wrong and having had it made wrong for so long, I realized I had the very same thing. Anytime I was not, I was not just like middle of the fucking road, you know, like, okay, I'm normal. I'm that. And I so learned that that was the way that I had to be. And, you know, um, that was the way I chose to be for a long time. But now if I'm not the one creating my life, if the choice for my life isn't up to me, who the heck is it up to? And why am I letting them choose my life? They're not living it. They're not in this body. They don't live in my house with me. What the hell am I doing? Exactly. So on, <clears throat> and I would just like to say also that us choosing more likeness creates likeness for our world because they've done numerous studies and found that when you direct anger and judgment at a plant, it dies. If you write judgment, judgmental words on water, you get this ugly structure. If you write wonderful words like gratitude and joy and possibilities, then you get this beautiful crystalline structure that's like, I'm alive and I'm here to contribute, you know? And so what does it do to the planet to have 8 billion of us primarily unhappy in judgment, in fear, in doubt? Uh-uh. The greatest gift we can give to the world is actually getting happy. And people say that's not serious and significant enough. You're not doing enough. You obviously don't understand the gravity of the situation. Like, actually, I understand gravity just fine. I just don't like to be limited by it anymore. I would rather soar. Yes. And the other thing that I know is that I've noticed, you know, maybe three, four years ago, I started to travel quite a bit and haven't really stopped. It's just limited in countries, perhaps. But you know, I find myself with people in this ease of, of moving around and happy people willing to contribute. Now, and I remember the first time it really stood out for me, like people would go, oh, no, there's mean people in this country or there's mean people, you know, and I'm like, OK, and what is that? And then to actually begin to acknowledge, oh, what I actually choose to be kind of what you're saying of what can I contribute Earth actually shows up in my world. So that space of like, oh, I have a, a lightness in my world and joy and I see it and it shows up more on the planet because I'm willing to be it. Yeah. You know, so the invitation for everyone listening too, it's like, you know, what is it that you be that's also been made so wrong that might be one of the greatest gifts and powers of you? And, you know, what would your day be like if you chose to be happy? Like what would change around you? It's almost like an experiment. What would change in your day <laughs> if you actually chose to be happy? Like, you know, because what try can- Try it today. Try it. <laughs> See, I love it. I love it. The happiness experiment. I love it. 
<laughs> you know, what would change in your life if you chose to be happy? And, I, and Sylvia, I'm so grateful that you brought up the thing of, of being judged for your enthusiasm. Because I know we, we've talked about that before because yeah. we've, you know, talked through a lot of things in the different times we've had together, you know, processing through different things. But it gave me a different awareness of that being one of the gifts that you are to the world. But truly, that is one of the gifts you are to the world. And I'm so grateful for that gift personally. And, and I also realized that if everybody out there might look from the perspective of what is it you have been most judged for? And that is probably the, one of the great gifts you are to the world. And why do people do that? Because they do that. Stop trying to figure out why they did. Just people like to limit people who are greater than they are. That's just the way people function, which is why I don't understand racism. I don't understand politics because I hate everyone. Anyway. Um, I, <laughs> I just want to add the first time I met you, Dane, in person, it was you were just this ball of enthusiasm and you had no judgment of you and you were willing to acknowledge like, Hey, I apologize. I have ADHD and autism and all this stuff rolled up into one. And in my world relaxed because you had no judgment of you. And I, I'm tearing up because it was like, it's okay. Cause I bounce around a whole lot too with this enthusiasm, you know, and bumps up against a lot of different things. But when I saw you be that, I thought, Oh my gosh, that's available. And that's what I get the invitation we can be for people. It's like, if we don't judge ourselves, people will perceive that. The planet will receive that. It's a gift. So, so thank you. Thank you for being you because it has allowed more of me to show up with everything you invite around the world, with the classes that you do, with just who you be and, and the generosity of spirit with how much you gift to the planet. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. And Really, that, and it's so interesting because I, this is the other thing about when we're being us, because I was just being me because it was more fun than what I used to live. Because I got to a place 20 years ago where I literally was going to kill myself if things didn't change. I had one session of access consciousness bars. I went in depressed and suicidal, an hour and a half later, come out with a joy and a gratitude for being alive. So, like, I'm in, right? I'm ready to be alive. And, and so, it was after that that I was like, I'm not cutting this off anymore because it kills me. And I did it for everybody else anyway, not for, I didn't do it for me. I did it for everybody else. But so I was just being the me that I be. I wasn't thinking to myself, I am going to change Sylvia now. You know what I mean? And I, and I, so I want to bring that up because people think they're going to think, no, when you're being you, you don't think you just be. But also, I want to acknowledge that your enthusiasm and seeing that increase has actually also given me more permission to be more enthusiastic. It's wow. this gift both ways. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because that's the thing, too. We, we keep discounting us, right? So you look, you have massive gratitude for me. And I have massive gratitude for you, but you have massive gratitude for me for just being that and finally getting to relax into, oh my God, it's okay to be this fucking weird. Because that's what you're told. You're fucking weird. Yes. Right? But the meaning of weird was of spirit, fate, or destiny. That's the original meaning of weird. So when people say you're fucking weird, you're like, oh, thank you very much. You know? 
but so you got to relax, but then you, so you start embracing more of you. And then here we are many years later where you're being more of that. And it's inspiring me to be more where I haven't been more yet. Wow. This like, and this is why I say the kingdom of we is an actual thing that's more real and true, especially from the earth's perspective where every choice involves all of us. And that's how the animals function. That's how the plants function. That's how the trees function. They will share food, you know, and the mother tree that is in any area will sort of dominate for possibilities. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it because people like dominate means power up. Uh uh. No, if you're going to be willing, what I would ask everybody to do is ask to be a dominant source for possibilities that and in that our world changes and i do realize for all of you listening some of you your brain is gone fried beyond all recognition yay (laughs) that's actually a wonderful thing because what it means is your thinking ability is going away and your knowing ability is coming to play and that's an awesome space to live so awesome and Thank you so much, Dane. Um, Most of our podcasts are 15 to 20 minutes, and I knew that I wanted to have way more with you today. So I am so grateful that, you know, you gave us this morning and the space and this energy and the possibility and a future to actually perceive a future that so many of us have either refused or have um, lost sight of. Um, So thank you. Thank you for that. And, you know, for the new people that don't know Dr. Dane, you can find him at Dr. Dane. Dr. Dane Hears, H-E-E-R.com. Um, so, and please, this podcast also, you know, is part of the El Lugar project that we have in Costa Rica, which if you also want information, you'll find it in the notes, but that's also another project that's also looking at creating a sustainable future for all and inviting us to possibilities we've never considered with construction, with living, with being in communion with the earth. So there's so many more more gifts. And Dane, you know, if there's any last words that you'd like to share, and maybe in the future, I'll invite you again, just because it's so fun. (laughs) But um, anything else you'd like to add as we close today? Well, you brought up El Lugar. I just want to say one thing. We had a meeting with David, who is the construction manager there. And just an amazing man. And he had been away for two weeks because his house in Belize had, he needed him because they got a flood and different things. And he came back and he was in tears on this meeting when we brought up him coming back, like, how was it? And he said, I've been gone for two weeks. And he's like, it is amazing because we're doing the construction, right? He said, it is amazing to see how fast this land is healing itself. And it was really beautiful. And that right there, I think that is the acknowledgement of what is possible in our entire planet. If you look at it, when the pandemic started and the lockdown started, uh, let's see, we had clear waters in Venice. We could see the Himalayas. People could see the Himalayas for the first time in 30 years. Children in China saw blue sky for the first time in their lives. And those are just some examples let alone all the other examples of when we get out of the way and nature can do its thing. We're not saving the earth here, kids. We are, if anything, saving ourselves. But I hope we step up to much more than saving ourselves and and continuing a, a meager existence. 
This planet, everywhere you look, is about thriving. What if we were in such communion with the planet that we lived our lives from thrival also? And what if those of us who desire a different possibility were finally willing to be that quiet revolution of possibilities that makes it so those that believe they have the power that want to destroy can't simply because we're being such an unstoppable force for possibilities. It's not about fighting against. Fighting against problems, fighting against others does not work. Choosing for possibilities works. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Dane. So very grateful. And thank you all that are listening. And I look forward to seeing you in person someday soon. (laughs) Give you another big hug. (laughs) Well, thank you, everyone. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. And remember that happiness experiment. Try it. Let us know. And if this podcast has inspired you, please share it around the world. Like what would it take for everyone on the planet to hear about it, know about it, and actually perceive the energy of these possibilities we're speaking about in this podcast. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this show. My target is to inspire new actions and conversations that empower us all to know that we are the ones creating the future. If you'd like a way to contribute to our podcast, please leave a review wherever you listen. And for information about El Lugar, visit l-lugar.com. Thank you.